What happens when two dudes, one a retired Navy SEAL commander in Colorado Springs, and the other a hippie meditation teacher in New York City, get together to discuss living mindfully? That's a great question, because we don't know what will happen either. Raw, uncut, and unapologetic. Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. So happy you're tuning in to Men Talking Mindfulness. Now, on to the show. That's right. All right. Hey, John McCaskill here with Men Talking Mindfulness and my brother from another mother, Will Schneider, over there in New York City. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure to have you. We are going to be uh, discussing a chapter in Liz Plank's book. The book is For the Love of Men. And the chapter that we're going to be covering today is The Man Session, not manscaping, but man session chapter. Uh, it is it is a fascinating chapter on how gender bias and toxic masculinity has led to a man session and how men are more affected by the recession and how we, with that toxic masculinity, we are setting uh, men up, we are setting women up for disappointment, failure, and a detriment to society. So that said, Will, hey, uh, I know we were planning on having Liz here today. We do for the audience. We are planning on having her here on Monday. She ended up having a scheduling conflict mm -hmm. that uh, made her not able to be here today, but she'll be here on Monday. So we're going to discuss a chapter of the book, but yeah. on Monday, we're going to discuss much more in depth, the full book with Liz. Yeah. And this being that we didn't write this chapter, <laughs> Will and I may stumble through some of this today, but bear with us because it's fascinating and very important material to cover and, and we hope that uh, that you can learn from that. Sorry, Will, I've kind of dominated the intro there. Over to you, brother, anything? No, that's okay. I mean, um, good to be here, John. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, hey, this is, I think it's a, it's a moment of mindfulness for John and I and the show and all of us. Like, you know, mindfulness is all about like, Going, going with what you got and pivoting in the moment if you need to. So um, Liz couldn't be here. Like John said, she'll be back on Monday. Um, you know, just like a little, you know, John and I um, are, are going to do the best we can to kind of uh, under, understand and want a deeper level and help you understand this masculinity, toxic masculinity, this whole man session part of the book, um, which is like the recession of men in the workforce over the last like several decades. Um, you know, because there, there's a lot in this chapter that's going to help us identify, um, you know, this gender bias that we have between men and women and, you know, what we can and can't do. Um, so thanks for holding that space for us and being patient with us. And um, we'll have Liz here on Monday to help us to kind of unwrap and bring the expert in because she has done an incredible amount of research in this book. And it's really like, you know, John and I keep talking, you know, off show uh, about like how it's like, wow, I can't believe this. Wow, this is incredible. I had no idea like, you know, this was going on. And, and I think what's important is uh, to know that like John and I are coming from this 
from like, you know, exactly that man box toxic masculinity vibe, because like I grew up a competitive athlete and all that kind of like masculine hive mentality of like bravado and the conquering and success and destroying, you know, your opponent and stuff like that. You know, I mean, John, like you're come from like, God, of like the gladiator of all men in, in the United States, like kind of that, you know, that Navy SEAL and the military. Um, so I uh, just want to say thanks for everyone for being here today uh, and going on this journey. And, uh, and please, like, I think it's very important, your, your participation here, things you don't understand, things you identify with, um, and also like not to take things personal, you know, because um, you might actually feel, because I feel my defense going up when I'm reading Liz's book. You know, I feel my defense is going up like, well, that's a bunch of BS or like, what do you, you know, I feel challenged in some ways, you know, uh, with, with like understanding masculinity and, and what it could be versus like kind of where we are uh, with masculinity and, and that whole idea. And I still have trouble saying it, that whole toxic masculinity, because I don't want to think of myself as toxic, you know, as a man, you know, right. but uh, the values that I've been given and taught and then even also exercised as a man have definitely not created the results that uh, what they could have been, you know, being more holistic and wholehearted uh, masculine man. Right. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, we'll get into a little bit more here in a second. I do want to touch on, you know, one thing that she mentions, not in this chapter, but in the book is that, you know, that defense mechanism that you mentioned that kicks yeah. in a lot yeah. of men take, you know, the, the rise of women as an attack on us on our yeah. masculinity and on manhood but in reality if we can lift women up we lift ourselves up too and yeah. what is it the the old saying a rising tide lifts all boats right yeah or i love if that we quote. Can, if we can uh if we can bring women up and close the gender gap in in the uh, in pay that she talks about in this chapter would bring 2.5 million people in the united states out of uh, poverty, which is just unbelievable. And, yeah. uh, and when we raise women up, that does not mean that we're putting men down. So that's uh, another disclaimer there. Um, so that, that said, man, let's, uh, let's kick it off with our, our normal practice and then our yeah. mindful moment for the week. Um, okay. you, you want to lead the first one or should I, I, I would, um, uh, you know, let me lead the, I'll, I'll do the grounding exercise. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so wherever you are, whether you know, listening to this on replay or right now, like if you're sitting or if you want to take a moment and, and lie down or if you're standing up wherever you are and listening, uh, you know, just take a moment and, you know, make some sort of contact with yourself, you know, feel your feet on the floor or if you can maybe even interlace your fingers just to kind of make contact there, you know, really coming into yourself and then finding more of yourself by closing your eyes and releasing all that, you know, that, that visual um, data that is streaming through our eyes and just go on on the inside. And then just take a couple breaths just to find this moment and find ourselves here and now. And, and also the breath helps us to relax mind, body and, and emotionally. So let's just take a few big breaths, start with an exhale and see if you can push all that breath out. Even pull the navel in to extinguish all that exhale and then take a nice big inhale through the nose bigger bigger try to fill a big balloon in your entire torso and then just exhale through the nose nice and smooth long and softly 
And notice how you can control your breath, right? Inhale again, controlling the volume of your inhale. See if you can find a bigger balloon, even just slightly on this, in, on this breath. And then take a smoother exhale. Feel your spine, feel your hands, feel your feet. Again, big breath in. Exhale softly through the nose, long, exaggerated exhale. And a few more breaths. Bigger, if you will. Exhale. Just a couple more. Got us around that fourth breath, John. I'm already starting to feel a little more relaxed. It's crazy how it works, you know? And hope you're feeling those who are listening, feeling that same kind of vibe out there. Exhale, let it go. And we'll just do one more. Inhale. And exhale. And let's just all try to collectively for this for our work um, and just set a collective intention of just being open and just uh, receptive instead of like uh, imposing beliefs or battling against. And instead of um, bringing up that shield that John kind of mentioned at the beginning to protect, what if you just, one of the key aspects of mindfulness and emotional intelligence is that vulnerability. So just being open during uh, what we're gonna talk about today. And that's gonna help, opening is gonna help us to listen. And by listening and being vulnerable, maybe we'll hear something new. Let's just finish and try to open a little bit more with one more big breath in. And maybe exhale out the mouth if you like. And release any residual stuff that's getting in the way of that openness. Awesome. Open those eyes when you're ready. Oh, yeah, John. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I almost, I almost went to sleep on that one. That was uh, <laughs> simple, simple, but calming, uh, very calming. Yeah. So thank you for that. No, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, man. So um, it's pretty amazing just how just a few breaths like where you're focusing on nothing but the breath, how that can completely change your perspective, change where you are in your mind and your nervous system and your body. Um, but the mindful moment this week, last week for me, it had to do with my daughter. Uh, this week it has to do with my son, which is ironic, or mm -hmm. maybe uh, it's not ironic. Maybe it should be that way, being that we're discussing toxic masculinity. And I actually sent you an image of this earlier will uh, earlier this week my uh my daughter and my wife they're out of town they're out at lake tahoe doing a, a girl's trip like a ski trip and then it's me and my son staying at the house this week and my son uh, was running around the playroom and found a little princess dress um if you're if you're familiar with the frozen series anna and elsa uh, he he comes up anyway he, he grabs uh, a dress that is Anna's which is the younger daughter in the Frozen movie uh, and he comes up and he's like Anna Anna and I'm like yeah that's Anna's dress and he's like Anna and I'm like oh he wants to wear the dress and I, I put it on them and mm. 
uh, I have to admit, well, I felt a little uncomfortable, which is what, you know, some of what we're going to yeah. talk about today, but I felt uncomfortable putting a, a little princess dress on my one and a half year old boy. But then I took a step back. I'm like, I'm reading about this very subject matter right now. And here I am mm. acting as though this is, this is wrong, which, Hey, you know, he's one and a half years old. He doesn't care. He just wants to, he wants to run around and, and, wear a dress so I put it on him and he was laughing and giggling and having grand old time mm. and I was like man that that's my mindful moment for the week take a yeah. step back realize if I if I don't put this dress on him what am I teaching him um, and if I do what am I allowing him to to ex experience yeah. so that was my mindful moment for, you know, for the week this is going to extend a little bit longer than we normally do but I want to ask you John right now and for the audience for you it's like how do you feel about talking about that right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, a great, great <laughs> question. I mean, it, uh, I'm sure that we'll have people listening or watching later that would be like, what the heck is John teaching his son, right? Yeah. Um, and, and because I'm perceiving what other people may be believing or thinking, there's a little bit of, of me that's like, oh man, what am I teaching the son? Mm. But luckily, luckily I have Liz's book and I've read this, this recent, well, I've read the full book, but I've read this chapter again recently in preparing for today's show. Mm -hmm. And it's showing me that by allowing uh, our sons to do some things that little girls traditionally do, we may, we're not necessarily um, feminizing our little boys, which even that statement in and of itself, feminizing our little boys, that that's a yeah. terrible statement because I, that implies that feminine feminizing is weak, weakening. Right. So I want to be clear. We are, I'm not, I'm not weakening my son by teaching him or having him wear, run around in a dress that he wanted to wear. He is uh, doing what he wanted to do. And, you know, if he plays with a doll and we'll get into this later in the show, he can learn love and empathy and compassion for mm. other, other human beings. Mm. And that's a huge piece of what is important in the workforce. That's right. a huge piece of what is important as a good leader. And, mm. uh, and mm. so taking a step back and realizing that I may be actually setting my son up for being a happier and healthier uh, father, a happier and healthier uh, young man, a happier and healthier man in the workforce as a, you know, a member of the workforce or as a leader in the workforce. I, I feel great about it when I take a step back and I look at it yeah. through that lens. Well, I think that perspective is really important, John, that grand view, you know, like you said, we're going to yeah. dive into, you know, and, and, and it's funny how we're going to really link like this, this man session, like the problems that men's are having in the workforce because of, of, of masculine or toxic masculine or hyper masculine values and how it's like eliminating, you know, jobs for them and also the emotional intelligence that is required you know, that, that actually elevates success and the indicator of all success comes from emotional intelligence. Um, so thanks for sharing that. I might've been a little uncomfortable, John, but no, you know, no, like, no, it was like good. I was saying, like, might as well confront it right now, to be honest. Yeah. With you, because it's like, yeah. you know, this is like, you know, we might be the, um, you know, the sacrificial lamb in some ways and just kind of like tearing down <laughs> our own beliefs, you know, and that's what it is, men talking mindfulness. And, and I didn't know that our, you know, uh, that this is where, kind of where to be going, you know, no, um, but this is, this is where we need to be. And this is all on it. And also, John, this, this is vulnerability. 
you know, it, right now us talking about this and, and thanks for holding this space and thanks for everybody for not, you know, <laughs> uh, being with us on this journey. Uh, so my mindfulness moment of the week, um, you know, I, I think it was really, uh, you know, you know, it's like yesterday, at like two o'clock, Liz is like, you know, her people are like, Liz can't make the show tomorrow. And us, you know, I got to say, John, just so easily, brilliantly coming together, coming up with a new plan. Here we are today. And, uh, you know, just taking that moment and instead of going into that mindset uh, or that like limited mindset of like, oh, my God, and like, you know, lambasting Liz and whatever she's doing, you know, like, no, it's like, you know what, we have an opportunity to change to make something happen here today. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited, um, uh, you know, to, to share what, what, what we are learning and slowly beginning to like you were just talking about really help to change the life of, of your son. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I hope so. You and know, your family and everyone else that your son's going to come in contact with. You right, know, it's not just right. individual. It's like how this is like how it affects our relationship, not just to ourselves, but everybody. And, uh, is, and that's what's yeah. so really empowering about this. And um, and uh, so that's great. That's great. Um, awesome. So um, we're like. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we start? Yeah, I'd love to kind of just riff off what you know where, where we started there, right? I mean, yeah. this isn't this isn't exactly how we plan on the on the discussion going, but because uh, you know we talked about my my little boy running around in a dress, um, and that that that's actually going to I'm sure coming to play several times in this conversation, but one of the pieces that Liz starts this chapter off with is mm -hmm. when she's giving a talk. And I know you have that part highlighted in your book yeah. there and yeah. what she asks the audience. Uh, we've got some people here commenting and engaging on, on the LinkedIn live version of this video. Uh, I would love to ask the audience those questions and see how they feel. So you, you yeah. want to kick off with that? Yeah, I'll kick it off. And there's actually two highlights here, you know, two pieces of what you had kind of giant. And, you know, I'm, and I'm so glad we're making this personal because you know, and that we can really like, wow, like, uh, I'm just feeling a whole different vibe today, John. It's really whew, I feel like <laughs> I, I have it. a responsibility or something, John. It's like, what's <laughs> happening? You know, it's like <laughs> an uncharted territory for men talking mindfulness and, and me as a man, I got to say. Um, so, uh, where's the truth? Okay, wait, hold on. It's on 196. Okay, sorry. I'm just going to go back. So everybody out there listening, keep an open mind. Um, uh, and um, this is Liz. Um, I'm going to read a part of her book. And, um, and she says, our ideas about who we can become as career professionals start in childhood. Uh, after all, one of the first questions we ask children is, quote, what do we do or what do you want to do when you grow up? End quote. When I speak to adult audiences, I usually start my talk by asking um, who has kids. After those uh, people raise their hands, I tell them to keep uh, their hands up if they have ever told their daughters that they can do anything that a boy can do. Most people proudly keep their hands raised. If you're out there, raise your hand, right? Yeah. Uh, most people proudly keep their hands raised. When I ask who has told their son that they can do anything that a girl can do, the room goes uh, silent because mm. almost every single hand goes down. Wow. Yep. Um, I just want to um, uh, double back on that with this. Um, 
I know, boy, I'm sorry. I'm like uh, fumbling through our book here. There's a, uh, is it 202? This is the one thing that, yes, there it is. Okay. Um, this uneasiness with boys playing with anything that could uh, be attributed or associated with girls relies on a steady fundamental belief that cuts across society that being feminine is weakness. If uh, what women did weren't so devalued, men would have no problem engaging or dabbling uh, in any of it. If there is nothing wrong with femininity, uh, no one would be worried about men exploring it, just like your son wearing a dress. In other words, the reason why we as a culture are scared of men acting like women is because we diminish the feminine. Whew. Yeah. I mean, like, let's let that land for a moment and take a breath, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like, um, yeah. and that's just really kicks off, you know, so much of, 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 of this conversation. And, and um, so where do you want to go with that, John? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if any of the audience is, is comfortable answering that question, but like you saw, I mean, I've had my hand up. I have told my daughter, who granted she's two years older than my son, so she's almost four. Mm -hmm. I've told my daughter, hey, baby, you can do anything that you want. You can do anything that a man can do. You can do anything wow. that you want, period. Yeah. I have told my son, in much less language because he's only just now learning how to speak. But I told my son, hey, you want you want to, you know, when there's an astronaut on the TV, I'm like, hey, you can do that. When there's a when there's a military member on the screen on the on the TV, I'm like, you can do that. But if there's a nurse or a teacher, mm. um, I don't mention anything, right? And that's coming full circle where you talk about we've kind of equated femininity with weakness um then that's that's what we've almost equated jobs of traditionally or at least in, in the states traditionally female jobs to weak yeah. jobs which is which is re what really caught me off guard was reading that these jobs that we typically associate with women nursing teaching elderly care Mm -hmm. were originally primarily men's jobs in the yeah, States. Yeah, years ago. But, then, yes. but yeah, but then somewhere along the line, politicians and, and teacher reformists uh, or education reformists realized, you know what, we're paying the men this amount, mm -hmm. but we could get away with paying women much less. Let's right. do that. Right. Let's offer a much lower wage, mm -hmm. wages that men were not prepared to accept. And in that, the job suddenly became more populated by women. Right. Um, so it's it's wild to read this chapter and see that, but then coming full circle to the the toys, and you know it really blew me away reading this chapter uh, talking about the the different. If you go to a toy store, you go to Walmart, even Walmart, you go to the toy section, yeah. and you've got boys aisles and girls aisles. But not only that, what is in those aisles, right? Mm. So like, I, I literally this week, again, with my son, went to Walmart and I was walking down the toy aisles just to see. I was like, you know what? I never really paid attention. But you walk down the little boy's aisle, quote unquote, mm. uh, you know, what's traditionally a, a little boy's aisle. And you see monster trucks and transformers and GI Joes and guns and, you know, all these weapons. Um, 
you you take the shopping cart right around the corner and you go into the traditionally girls aisle and and you see princesses and pink and purple and horses and we are right there teaching our little boys and girls that there are defined gender differences and not only are there defined gender differences but the we're teaching the little girl hey you can you can be a princess or you can be uh uh you know work in the equine world or or be a nurse or but we're not teaching the little boys the same and then you flip that around we're teaching the little boys hey you've got to destroy and break things yeah with all your guns and transformers and monsters right (laughs) it's just wild and i've never really thought about or looked at it through that lens so uh, I've been rambling, man. Um, no, I mean, I can pick right up. You, yeah, you go bring for up it. A lot. I mean, bring up a lot. It's like, so just think about these toys, John. Like we, we get into, um, you know, I don't have like, we, there, Liz breaks this down in very great language in the book, but you know, just what you're talking about, boys and girls, I'm going to say a couple things. It's like by, um, uh, and, and one of the problems that we talked about as far as men being in the workforce, is like men being un, unwilling to accept jobs that have been thought of as traditionally feminine, you know, like that require empathy and compassion and kindness, you know? And um, whereas like if we're walking down, like, I mean, you are walking down boys and girls aisles, which were not the norm, you know, until about what they said, the eighties, right? I'm gonna talk about that in Disney in a moment, but like, just think about, you know, if we're just um, manual physical labor for boys and, you know, guns and aggression and fighting, you know, with military and stuff like that, so by playing with those toys, like what at such a young, impressionable, incredibly impressionable age for children, are we kind of like um, emotions, are we instilling in them at a young age? Aggression, we talk about this in our other, like last season, um, you know, aggression and dominance and, you know, a, a, and anger and how that's like, you know, just acceptable. Whereas like, you know, uh, walking down, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, the women's aisles in Walmart. I mean, it, a lot of, there's a lot of vanity and stuff like Barbies. I see people are blowing up our feet here about Barbies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but also like the, the, the feeling in the woman's uh, woman or girl's aisle, right. Um, is more of that empathy, that compassion, taking care of things, dolls, you know, and, um, and, and it's, it, is it any wonder that we grow up as we do because of how we're raised and 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 also boxed in gender roles at, at an earliest development and the most impressionable development uh, in in our lives is those first five years of our life. But also, um, I think capitalism is 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 also creating a lot of this uh, division between genders. You know, they uh, in Liz's book, they they uh, she does the research and talks about. It wasn't until like the 80s and 90s that uh, it was Disney that they started making billions of more dollars when they started um, um, masculine, you know, masculizing or like or making toys, gearing toys towards uh, boys and gearing towards uh, gearing um, toys uh, and play things to women or girls as well. And uh, and just think about it like capitalism. It's all about making more money, making more money. Right. A lot of these corporations at that time, I'm sure, were run by men. So like completely and not even thinking, you know, long term, like you kind of mentioned about your son, not even thinking about the social and societal impacts that this is going to have that we're talking about right. right now. Right. Only gearing towards profit. And just think also that is still incredibly pervasive 
in in our capitalist capitalistic society today. You know, instead of looking at fiduciary or like responsibility as of a company in a society and what is proliferating, uh, is it all about profit? You know, um, uh, or yeah. or should, should it be more about the people and society? Um, so I just wanted to bring that up and how it's interesting. Like you know, you put advertising dollars you know, behind certain things, you keep throwing that same message in commercials in front of people's faces again, and again, and again, all you're doing is just taking what we're talking about it and putting it in a, in a marketing platform and advertising just to make profit, which right. is like, that, that really right. blew my mind there too. Absolutely, man. And I, you know, I want to address some of the comments here. Yeah. Uh, one, one, uh, comment says, I'm not sure if playing with Barbie at two years old shapes much of anything, nor do I believe telling a kid to play with GI Joe instead creates a toxic male. Mm. The point is, despite your influence, preference in toys isn't a value. And, and I, I'll, I'll be completely honest, when I was reading this initially, I was like, okay, Liz, what's your point about the toys? It's not that big a deal. But then she, she does further explain that those are your kids very early stages when their brains are so malleable and everything that they are learning is learned in play yeah so so it can be and I, you know i i leave it open to you as as viewers and listeners to potentially read this book if you care to and 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 see how this does in fact affect yeah. our brains at a very young age at a two, as a two-year-old and yeah. what we are telling our little boys and girls by telling them which toys to play with, that's actually forming opinions of what gender should be doing what job, which right. comes full circle to the man session piece mm. and how, how the, the recession actually had more of an effect on, on men because so many of the jobs that it affected ended up getting automated and right. those jobs that were automatable if that's a word <laughs> uh we're making up all sorts of words yeah today. i know right but yeah so if we're, we're those jobs that were all automated they were more traditionally the men jobs right yeah quote unquote male mm -hmm. jobs male dominated jobs so like uh working on oil rigs working on coal mines working in factories Mm -hmm. uh, that those types of jobs. So the recession actually lasted. If you look at how it affected men versus women, it lasted longer for men than it did for women yeah. because of what was accepted as a man's job. Men that had been working traditionally men's jobs after the recession was starting to come to an end, they could have gone and gotten other jobs, but they were not one. They weren't seeing them as, as, viable options and two if they did they felt that if they applied they would either be um, ostracized or they wouldn't have been accepted uh, but that for the job if they had been accepted then they would have been ostracized by their buddies who were coal miners or oil rig workers or factory workers and i have nothing against any of those industries i just want to be 100 percent clear here i have yeah. utmost respect for anyone who is mm -hmm. out there working their butts off but I also want to make sure that we, we show that there is a difference in how it can be perceived, those different jobs. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and what's really funny, 
what she points out about the, the coal mining industry. And again, nothing against coal miners, but the industry could definitely use some overhauling and some uh, probably some feminine influence. But they talks about how the industry actually made it almost cool to be uh, this manly man in, in a mine and made it weak to admit that you were struggling with the health effects of working in the mine. So black lung, if you if you claimed anything, then you are weak. But it talks about, I think it's one in five is the number, one in five coal miners are affected by this and yeah. how, how dangerous that is and how the industry has made it almost verboten to, to talk about the health effects and, and not only verboten, but feminine or weak um, yeah. in, in doing that. So it's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty wild how, yeah, it, it, it can all be traced back to what we're teaching our young men and young women about what is and what isn't a male job or yeah. a female job. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually, um, Mr. Graham brings up a good point, which I want to get to in a second, as far as like blue collar, you know, and, and like strength of a man versus like you know, the strength of a woman. Um, but what actually I, I want to just jump back really quick, John, to kind of, or not jump back, like, you know, we, we talked earlier or someone talked about like toys at a young age, right? Liz brings up a great, I mean, she's really done her homework on this book, John, like, cause it's just like, oh, wow. Like she's, I don't know how many people and I think it, we'll ask her next week or, or someone remind us out there uh, how many people she actually interviewed for this book. I mean, it's gotta be dozens, if not uh, over a hundred or more. Um, you know, so this is, uh, you know, they're talking about toys again. Um, um, and then uh, there's two examples here. Can you imagine a boy learning to cook and care for others from an early age? Uh, oh, the, oh, the humanity. One man talks about the only present uh, on, on, his, on, on the list of his seven, on his seventh birthday being a blueberry muffin, a dog cupcake, which is essentially mm -hmm. a stuffed puppy inside a, a cupcake. He remembered having a meltdown and crying so much when he didn't receive it that his father finally bought it for him but instructed him to keep it hidden inside the house so no one would see him with it, right? One more piece here. Another man recounted being only five uh, when he was playing with a plastic uh, toy shopping cart that happened to be pink. I carted it around, a quote, I carted it around our yard, moving my action figures and the like. He said, we are having a bar. We, we we were having a barbecue, and some of my dad's friends were teasing him that I was playing with a pink uh, shopping cart. While I was distracted, they took it um, to the to the far back and smashed it and threw it in the trash. Um, and I was like, "Wow!" And this is not only toxic masculinity from a societal pressure kind of view. You know, I mean, talking to a very impressionable five-year-old you know, or teaching him like, whoa, that's not something you do at a very young age and how is that gonna affect him later on? Um, uh, but I just thought that'd be interesting. Here's two stories about what we we're talking about with toys having an impact on, on not, just the, not just the child itself, but you know, here are uh, men, a grown men being activated and I guess that that uh, you know that that hyper masculinity kind of armor, you know, being like uh, um, um, uh, challenged, and and here they are doing something physically about it, and not really thinking about the long term effects of that child at all. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And the uh, 
you know, the, the effects that it has in them in the short term and long term. Yeah. And, you know, again, to address some comments here, uh, yeah. are, are we do, are we debating biology and, and the fact that men, men are typically physically stronger. So a lot of time they go into the manual labor jobs, mm -hmm. not debating that I fully, I, I, I agree that that is a lot of the time what guides a man into a job is mm -hmm. he, he is, he may be physically stronger. But what are we teaching our young men about women if we, if we teach that femininity is weakness? And that's what it comes straight back to with when you talked about the fact that when we see a little boy uh, running around with a Barbie doll or we see a, a little girl playing with a monster truck, most of the time, nobody's going to tell a little girl, don't play with the monster truck. But many parents are gonna tell that little boy, don't play with the bar Barbie doll. Don't, don't play with the, you know, whatever the baking oven is. And uh, don't play with the little, the little dog in the, in the blueberry muffin because yeah. it's seen as feminine. And by seeing it as feminine, um, many of us, toxic men are seeing that as weak and uh it's it that's that's what it kind of boils down to no we're not debating biology but we definitely believe that what we're teaching could be refined and we could teach our young men and young women strength and empathy and compassion right. by by overhauling how we view femininity so. Yeah. I, well, I can, to come back to the physiological, you know, just the differences between men and women, you know, I think it's like coming back to um, Arlie Graham here, what you're saying about blue collar workers. It's like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, men are physically stronger and should do manual labor. But like when the problem is and, and why we're having this uh, problem with men in the workforce, um, you know, there's a lot of in the beginning of the chapter she really dives in about like where that problem comes from. Um, but by just looking at men as like, okay, men can only do physical labor, you know, I mean, if that's like, that doesn't mean, you know, you can't go on and get educated and be a teacher or something like that. I mean, that's another highly dominated um, uh, female profession is education, right? 90%. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but it's like, but don't box ourselves in by only being able to exude physical strength and that like power which brings us into that dominance and that anger and that like sense of masculinity and it really like kind of up levels like our testosterone in some ways you know because it feels great I mean I love I love being able to move stuff and you know and like do push-ups and you know what I mean I love that stuff about being a man I mean it's it's great and like and um but like uh but what are we missing like I mean the whole thing about this man session it's like if we're only being rewarded for what we can do uh, because of our masculine power and, and, and physical prowess that we've been given, right? It's like, what are we missing on the other side? You know, because I have here, it's like, you know, you said robots are really taking away so much of those physical jobs. And they're just going to, you know, we're going to see a lot of that, John, coming out of this, you know, uh, COVID recession. You're just going to see automation be taken over because it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, um, 
you know, if anything that is like a job that can re be replaced by a robot, they're going to, you know, they're going to do it because they're going to save money and they're going to make more money and then I'll have to pay insurance yeah. and then I'll have to have like, you know, um, suggestion boxes and complaints sent to the HR office. You know what I mean? It's like, because the robot could just, you know, so instead of us being, you know, continually rewarded as men just for our physical prowess, it's like, you know, and women just being, you know, only are really rewarded or kind of boxed in jobs that are uh, traditionally have more compassion and empathy and, and those types of, of, of things. Like, it's like, we're trying to like, I guess, so, you know, bring the spectrum of humanity, you know, into the workforce and not, uh, you know, um, being, um, you know, kind of boxed in by uh, other men saying what we can and can't do because of how things have been traditionally done. I mean, it's just not working, yeah. John. It's just right. not working. Yeah, so. no, no, it's not. And, you know, I wanna, I wanna progress uh, further into a, a man's life or a person's mm -hmm. life. We, you know, we've talked a lot about early stages with the toys, but I also wanna talk about how you, you talk about corporate America making money and everything. Well, some have, have tried to um, actually make some of these traditionally female jobs more appealing to men, mm -hmm. um, but their, their way of doing it is, has been very interesting. It's by further propagating the, what is perceived as manly. So right. Liz brings up an example where there was a billboard that said, are you manly enough to be a nurse? <laughs> and had a you know had men standing there with like snowboards and and other quote unquote manly things, and what does that do? So it says that you you have to be this. Uh, I won't say anybody that runs around with a snowboard or a, or a gun or you know is 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 necessarily um, a toxic male. And I won't say that all masculinity is toxic either. I I pride myself in a level of masculinity. Yeah, but when that's what you're trying to sell to bring men into a job then that might be sending the wrong message and what we could be doing rather is saying hey do you want to learn to be empathetic do you have the compassion that it takes to be a nurse even though you're male and that i think is the important distinction that we need to make is that in in corporate America, in the world writ large, men can be compassionate and being compassionate is not a feminine exclusive trait and it is not a sign of weakness. And that's something that we've talked about in our show before. Compassion is actually a sign of strength and compassion is required to be a good leader. To be a good leader, you need to understand what your people are feeling you need to offer them psychological, psychologically safe spaces, and you need to be able to or want to do something about what it is they're feeling to improve their lives, to improve their situations. So not only does it offer you the ability to see more jobs if you're a compassionate male, mm -hmm. but it also em empowers you to perform better in those jobs yep. if you have the compassion. And that comes full circle back to what it is we're teaching. We're not teaching against biology. We're not teaching against nature, nurture. We're not necessarily having that discussion, at least not at yeah. the extremes. But what we are doing is 
what are we teaching our young men and young women about compassion, empathy, and femininity versus weakness and strength? Yeah. Well, a couple of things come up for me, John. It's like that whole, like, are you man enough to be a nurse? Like, I mean, that, that, that meant that sign right there. And now I'm sensitive to it is immediately um, throwing win- women under the bus as weak. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's immediately yeah. like going into the, it's like, you know, Hey, um, and also it's like, you know, indicator, you know, go, it's like, I, I love that we can just rely on here, here's the numbers, here are the numbers, you know, what drives success in the workplace is, uh, and I say this to a lot of the companies I work with, IQ gets you hired, EQ gets you promoted, <laughs> you know? So if you want to be yeah. more successful, you know, to develop that emotional intel- emotional intelligence, which is understanding or not even understanding, learning to be compassionate, empathetic, learning to listen, um, you know, learning to just hold, hold space and all those things that come with, um, there's some really great podcasts out there about emotional intelligence. And it's like, that's what it's going to take because our manufacturing, you know, industrial post-World War II economy is slowly fading out, being replaced by automation we talked about. And now we're entering into a service economy. And how can you service people properly and successfully and um, abundantly, you know, um, meaning making more money if, if you're always trying to only um, uh, speak to and be with one way of doing things? Right. You know, it's not like, hey, I mean, you can take uh, hyper-masculinity, toxic masculinity, you can make a whole business model on that. You know, and and you could probably do it very well the way we can do echo chambers on the internet and stuff like that. But it's <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it's it's you know, I get you know, so I'm t- kind of you know uh, talking t- out of two sides of my mouth here. But um, but how is that going to make you feel at the end of the day? You know, right. it's like um, and um, you know, and living in in service economy, living in service of others. You know, um, that's that vulnerability. That's like that's that. Um, um, that biology that's inside of us that that allows us to that helps us to thrive because we have those oxytocin and all these amazing hormones that help us to you know um, to literally like light up our, our our biological and 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 humanity in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Wow. This is yeah. like this has been a really cha- good conversation, John. And yeah. Man, and and I, 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 I see. Like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the, the, the comments are blowing up. So I'm excited to see who will tune in on Monday uh, when we do have Liz on the show. And, uh, you know, she's she's much better at explaining all the facts and figures. I mean, this book, as I was telling Will yesterday, is just so packed. It's so dense with with data, yeah. with uh, with the studies. And it's just uh, it's mind blowing. So uh, yeah, if, if you get a chance, please, you know, join us on Monday. Not that we're wrapping up just yet, but yeah. uh, I do want to, yeah. you know, just put in another plug. Um, I'm forgetting off the top of my head what time we were going to be on on Monday. We'll oh, 1.45 p.m. Monday. 1.45 p.m. 145 Monday, which will be the 8th of February. There you go. Um, Thanks. I just want to say one thing about a comments. Like people are yeah. commenting on each other's comments. Like be kind. Like, you know, like, I mean, I know Karen's like a big, big fan. And I, I talked to Karen last Friday for a while. She's just such a great woman. She's a friend yeah, of yours, too, John. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, we get to, at uh, this space, I think it's really important to remember that we get everybody is welcome. Every mind is welcome. And we get to really learn from each other. And the only way that we really learn is to create a space and an environment um, that, um, you know, 
we're, we're, you know, that we can uh, just be compassionate and be kind and, um, and, and actually take a step back. And like, I would really, I love what you said in the very beginning, John, is like, instead of looking at trying to defend yourself now or defend a belief now, it's like, what if you look like a couple of days from now or a couple of weeks from now or like a couple of years from now and how this topic right here and all like it could be emotions that are coming up because of that toxic armor that's got to be like you know um uh, tinged a, or pinged a little bit with some of this language and what we're talking about and these concepts um what if you just be vulnerable be open just listen right and and I, what i love about mindfulness john and this is just the mindfulness kind of big moment for all of us it's like how once i start to hear and learn and actually begin to experience i take it with me and then I start walking down the aisle of, of Walmart and be like, oh, my God, here it is right in my face, right in my face. Like I hear it. And, you know, I'm so much more sensitive um, to these concepts um, in all aspects of my life um, because they are it's incredibly how deeply they're entrenched in our society in, in every in almost every single place um, to jobs, to, to yeah. education to um, you know to uh, to the arts you know to it's all there it's all it's unbelievable if you start looking at this masculinity toxic masculinity you know but also i mean i think it's important you know of um, devaluing uh the strength of women you know and what they can do and and, and who women are it's like it's everywhere i mean i see it in my family you know i mean now i can hear like old conversations i've had or, or like way that ways that i've been taught and uh, in some ways, it's like, wow, it's, uh, it's, it's very, guys, it's very humbling, John. And I think that's why we're kind of like speaking in a very different tone today, because <laughs> like, I feel like I'm just receiving a lesson, um, but also being very cautious and careful about like how I'm really talking about this, because it's all very uh, new to me in so many ways, like so many, so many ways. So sure. thanks for holding the space, John. And yeah. Yeah, I'm really happy and so um, uh, love all the engagement we have today. And thank you for all your patience. Um, yeah, and you know, Graham, I know, actually, I just saw a, Graham's all over this. I just saw an yeah. article, because I sit in the men's group every Monday and the, the men came through because they're very also triggered by toxic masculinity. And there's an article, Graham, that I'll share with the group or on this page about toxic femininity. It's real too. I mean, it has to be. Right. Because it, it's both sides. You know, if there's extremes on one side, there's definitely extremes on the other, like 100 yeah. um, percent. So I, I'm going to share that, too, uh, Graham. And thanks for keeping this a, a real neutral, honest conversation, um, all of you. And um, and we get to learn a little bit more from Liz on Monday. We're actually going to do I'm really excited that we're just kind of turned into the naturally a three part series uh, where next Friday we're going to have our show. We're going to do a recap of what we learned and yeah. all of you out there bring your questions on Monday, you know, we'll do the recap on Friday, um, please. And, and again, before we like share this, share this, cause this is like really powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, I do definitely appreciate the, the comments and uh, I appreciate everyone uh, being kind uh, as we discuss something that is a little sensitive to talk about, like Will and I kicked this off with, as we were reading this book, as we were reading separate parts of it or certain parts of it, there were, a, there were a lot of WTF moments. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, this is an attack on masculinity, which it's not uh, necessarily an attack on masculinity. It is uh, an attack on, or rather, an adjustment for society. 
And I think um, there's a great movie out there. It's, it's, it's also really uncomfortable to watch. I think it's called Take the Blue Pill. Um, mm. And it's similar in that Liz is, a, is an overt feminist, yeah. but she has written this book for the love of men and it has shown how we can improve as men, not 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 to become more uh, girly, but to become more in touch with the feminine aspects of life. And when I say feminine, what is normally associated with being feminine, and that yeah. is compassion, that is empathy, that is not necessarily that is not necessarily exclusive to being a woman or to being feminine. You can have those feelings and emotions as a man. And the, uh, the, the parallels between that and this movie, uh, Take the Blue Pill, is it, it was actually, uh, and there's, there's definitely some politics in the movie, but I'll say that it was started by a feminist. The movie was, it's a documentary where she goes and interviews a man that is, uh, very, um, I don't even know what you want to call him, but very toxic or she sees him as toxic. And, but then she starts seeing some of the, the sides, many of the same things that Liz brings up in the book about how men die early, about how men go and do, traditionally, they go and do some of the more dangerous jobs how men are more prone to taking risks and Liz addresses that in her book and it's amazing right. when she yeah. addresses why it is it's it's really incredible um but anyway that's another another I know another conversation so hey yeah. thanks thanks all for being here with us today I'll lead us through our wrapping up uh practice and then uh and then we'll call it done if you're going to tune out now Go ahead, please. We'd love you to tune into the podcast on uh, Apple iTunes or uh, on Spotify and give us a rating, give us a review. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know what share we're doing Share this with right. your friends. <laughs> and, sh and share it with your friends, 100%. All right, so that said, let's do a compassion practice. And we've done one similar to this before. So we've got a few minutes. Uh, go ahead, get into a comfortable position. If you feel comfortable doing so, Close your eyes and then bring your attention. We're not even going to focus on the breath right now. We're going to focus on what it is that this conversation has brought up in you. What feelings and emotions has that brought up? Has that brought up a feeling of being attacked? Has it brought up a feeling of curiosity? Has it brought up feelings of compassion and empathy for your fellow human beings. And whatever it is you're feeling, just examine that. Be with it. And think about why that emotion, that feeling bubbled to the surface. Is there a primary emotion that has led to a secondary emotion? And if what you're feeling is a secondary emotion, anger, rage, defense, 
Peel back that onion for a second. And take a look a little bit deeper. And see if there is anything else that is driving that. And now put those emotions aside and visualize three people, someone you love, someone for whom you have neutral feelings and someone for whom you have negative feelings. And imagine on each breath out that you were sending love and compassion to all three of these people in the same way. Breathing out, sending love and compassion. And as you breathe in, take away from all three pain, heartache, discomfort. Breathe that in from them and let that dissipate from you. Breathing out, sending love and compassion. Breathing in, taking away pain and heartache. Breathing out, love and compassion. And breathing in and taking away their pain and heartache. We'll wrap this up with one last deep cleansing breath. Begin by breathing out all your air. Breathe deep into your belly, into your chest. Hold it for a second and relax, letting everything go. Breathing out, breathing all that air out. And when you're ready, go ahead and conclude the practice. All right. Well, Pleasure, bud. Wow, Thanks John. so much, man. I, I still feel uncomfortable. That's weird. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, thanks, yeah, John. Like this is, it is really it's an it's an uncomfortable topic, man. But it's uh, I, I think it's important discussions to be had, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, we hope that you can all join us on Monday uh, to to have a further discussion on this very topic in much more detail with Liz. So thank yeah. you for joining us. Yeah. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Take hey, care. thank you, John. Thank you, everybody out there. And uh, got you on Monday. Yes, thank sir. you so much. Peace.
Thanks for joining Will and John on Men Talking Mindfulness. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share it with your friends and family. And please, we would appreciate a review too. Until next time, this has been Men Talking Mindfulness. Thanks for showing up.